Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there, get all of your wrestling news on any given day. I have match ratings. I have show stats. I have exclusives like Dan Lambert of uh, American Top Team telling us that Bobby Lashley wanted a more MMA-centric character in WWE, which didn't end up happening, at least not as of yet, that maybe... uh, Bobby Lashley has pushed for uh, American Top Team to be involved. Lots of neat stuff over there. I've been doing a lot of interviews for WrestleMania week as well. So you're going to have a lot of exclusive content coming to you. You can get that content early during our at one of the tiers of Fightful Select. That is the most direct way to support our independent coverage of pro wrestling. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. I'm doing a Q&A show this week. Doing the Fightful Report podcast this week. Warren Hayes has the 205 Live NXT UK review. We've got just tons of stuff over there. Just unbelievable amounts of stuff. I'm done plugging it. But if you want your product plugged on our show, WrestleMania weekend, we actually have some sponsor slots open. Hit me up via DM on Twitter or email me. We can talk numbers, but we're going to talk some numbers tonight because we got SmackDown Live. We're joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, sup? Uh, can't wait for next week when they figure out how Kofi's going to go to Mania anyway. Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's part of a story, Alex. I know. What do you, what do you do? Do you buy books and turn to page like 400? No, but, but if, if three quarters of the way through the story, uh, they had the hero fight an entire army, come out ahead. And then like, Oh, by the way, here's this other guy you have to fight. Uh, says the evil king, I'd be like, I'm not going to read the rest of the story because it sucks. Hey, I would rather pages 400 to 450 suck than pages 1 to 400 suck. That's, and then the last like that's true. 10% be good. Well, we'll talk about that and make some more stupid book analogies later, I'm sure. But <laughs> we've got SmackDown Live and let's go ahead and jump right into it. Reminder, Jimmy Van is back Wednesday for List and Your Boy. But 
The Miz kicked off Monday Night Raw, or not Monday Night Raw, SmackDown tonight. And I thought his promo was pretty damn good. This is the babyface Miz that needed to exist. I just think that he really did need those extra four or five years of him being that workhorse, him being that guy. Just getting a figure four leg lock handed to him by Ric Flair was not enough, Alex. He needed to show people that he was on a reality show. Oh, and another reality show. Oh, and he would be at work after his kid was born. Miz is perfectly placed as a baby face now, Alex. Yeah, uh, in order for us to fully love the Miz, we had to really hate him first. I mean, like, it's the thing is that, like, before it was like, ah, this guy, I don't don't like this guy. Why is this guy even on, on the show? That was the basic idea of the Miz, I don't know, several years ago. Um... And he, he, through his talent, he made us hate him enough that now he feels redeemed. We loved hating him, and now we get to love loving him. It's a pretty cool story. Guys, leave us a thumbs up if you're watching live on YouTube. We are on podcast platforms everywhere after the fact. The Miz has one of those unique babyface runs, Alex, where almost everybody hated him initially. Yeah. From people that that worked in the company to production to people that he teamed with just didn't like the guy. Didn't think that he deserved it. I remember watching the the $1 million Tough Enough and -hmm. thinking, man, I want Daniel Pewter to win. Why? Because he can really kick people's asses. And the only reason Miz is here is because he was on the real world. And as things have turned out, man, the Miz just deserved it. He deserved it then. Yeah, he deserved it then. Because uh, he, he he stepped into a boxing match and put the pain on Daniel Pewter, by the way. Yeah. Um. Uh. And as he said tonight, when they chanted "You deserve it" at him, he said, "You're goddamn right, I do." And that's like, perfect. That, that's that's perfect. exactly what he should do. Yes. Uh, Miz gets a great reaction when he says that Shane is rotten to the core, like his father. Uh, my buddy Randall said, "Yeah, he got." Got that Foley pop by bringing up Kofi Kingston, and he did. Mm-hmm. He did, and it's a good thing that he did because that kind of showed him, like, brought up that little the little endorsement, which I liked because, as we saw throughout the show, everybody, all the baby faces do endorse Kofi, yep. and this is one of those situations where, you know, I don't always buy everybody running out to the ring and putting somebody on their shoulders, but with Kofi, I sure do. Mm-hmm. I buy that as a Lex Luger putting Hulk Hogan in the torture rack <laughs> moment, which you can probably see at Lex Luger moments on Twitter. But this, I, I buy it because Kofi's such a good dude. And Miz doing that, considering the fact that he still has some heelish tendencies, I think goes a long way. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> Miz is smart enough to, to recognize the old Hey, you know this guy you love? I also approve of him. Clap for me now. Like he's he understands what that is. Um, also, I, I feel like it's sincere. I feel like everybody who talks about how much they love Kofi is entirely sincere because we all love Kofi. Miz says that he wasn't born rich. He was born in Cleveland, destined to flip burgers. He said that he earned where he was with work ethic. And says that, that hard work beats talent when talent won't work hard. I love that. It It is the story of his career. Not to say he's not talented, but you look at him, and as, as a not-so-wise man said, he's grunty. He's grunt. 
<laughs> Talk about a warrior award. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this promo is great and conjures up those you deserve it chants from the crowd. The SmackDown end of things on the non-title matches, they've talk- not, not literally talked me into the building, but they right. have talked me into being interested in their non-title matches. And that ain't easy to do in 2019, Alex. No, it's not. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm into this. I uh, I I do <laughs> I do wish they would just let Miz be like, yeah, um, Shane was never really my friend, and screw that guy. As opposed to losing Shane's friendship has been really hard on me. You became friends with him like three months ago. Let's let's stop. It's not like it's a lifelong thing where you tagged with him for five years and now he's turned his back on you. It, I feel like there should be some perspective here. I thought that what was going on with me and Shane was doing pretty well, and apparently I was wrong. But screw that guy. As opposed to, I don't know how I'm ever going to get over the loss of his friendship. Now, nah, come on. Come on, guy. Yeah, I'm with you there. At least he, he tied it into the fact that his dad was proud of him. Yes, that's, that is true. That was the important part. As reported on FightfulSelect.com about a half an hour before WWE announced it, the Boss and Hug Connection in action. Now, this was Bailey's first ever SmackDown match, Alex. Isn't that uh, amazing? It wasn't, it wasn't Sasha's? Or, no, it was uh, Sasha had wrestled in there in 2015 and mm. 2016 ahead of the brand oh, split. I, I see. Ahead of the, I was thinking since the brand split, but yes, you're yeah. right. No, yeah, she, Sasha was back before the brand split. So Bailey had never wrestled on this show before, and uh, we fortunately get an Iconics promo, which we don't get enough of. This one wasn't great because they had to shoehorn in Ivy League references. You just mm. know that some that Vince or somebody not reporting it, just a hunch. Don't yeah. don't rip me off yet, but you just know the one of them was like, ah, oh, goddamn, yeah, and Becky, let's get a. And Becky reference on here. <laughs> well, it would be one thing if uh, you know if they were in an Ivy League town, but mm. it, as far as I know, Indianapolis does not have any Ivy League institutions. You'd be right. Yeah. As far as the in ring man, Peyton's work is not too hot. She has regressed since coming to the main roster. There, like she wasn't moving smooth on that double drop kick. Yeah. There was this spot where she like tumbled into Bailey and just like nudged her or pushed her. And I'm like, I don't remember that from NXT. Maybe, maybe it was the editing. I, I'm not sure what the deal is there, but uh, the highlight of this match for her was that reverse tarantula that she had applied. Yeah. Lacey Evans came out at one point and distracted oh, Bailey. Jeez. Just, just have her win the damn women's battle royal, get it over with, and let's move on with her story. I mean, I, 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 her walking out to the ring at random times does nobody any favors. Like, I, I don't know what they have established with this is that she walks in and she walks out. We don't know anything about her. Right. Well, I mean, well, I mean, the other thing is that, that, I mean, well, listen, maybe this is, this is us with our blinders on, but we are very, very concerned about how they never let EC3 talk. But, you know, that's the thing is that we're not concerned. They're not letting Lacey Evans talk. Maybe if she actually spoke a few words, she could let us know why she's deciding to walk down to the ring and walk back up the ramp at any point. But, like, that isn't that isn't a character. That's not a gimmick. Wandering out to the ring and wandering back up the ramp is not a gimmick or a character or anything. 
you can't just keep doing that. I don't, I don't, there's, there's gotta be some kind of second part to the story. Billy also gets distracted, but Billy and Peyton pull some shenanigans, end up getting a double pin on Sasha to get the win. You got to imagine that they are factored into this match. We're assuming at WrestleMania. And if that's the case, would I prefer Sasha and Bailey against Beth Phoenix and Natalia straight up? Yeah, I really yeah. would. But I do I do kind of understand you get a legend team, you get a raw team, you get a SmackDown team. That way you can kind of convey that it's open season for these titles. But if that's the case, why wouldn't you get an NXT team too? Uh, something that we, we've kind of banged that drum uh, early and often on. But what do you think about the Iconics seeing their way into this situation? I think it's fine. I think they're going to, to handle a lot of the. I think they're. I think one thing's for sure. They're going to take the pin. I think one of them's taking the pin. I think that they're going to do a lot of comedy bits of, of Peyton and Billy running from Tamina and Nia and then running into each other. Something like that. S- silly stuff because WrestleMania nowadays is full of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I don't. I don't see them. That, that's fine because honestly. I'd much rather see Naya and Tamina do spots with Billy and Peyton than than Beth Phoenix because, you know, let's just keep that safe. We had somebody in the chat saying it's the product of Vince wanting everybody to get a payday. No, I mean, there's a battle royal, so... Yeah. No, no, no. This this, this makes sense. If you, if you are saying that both Raw or Sm- either SmackDown or Raw can have these titles and ostensibly also NXT... You got to have a SmackDown team involved in this in this uh, first ever major WrestleMania defense of these titles. I think that um, that Sasha and Bailey will probably retain and then go on to face uh, an NXT team at that standalone takeover in San Jose in May. I think it is. Backstage, Rey Mysterio introduces his son. I did not know that the big unit, Randy Johnson, was. <laughs> Ray Mysterio's son, Alex. <laughs> Ray Mysterio's son, Dominic, looks like he's looks like he's about to star alongside Billy Crystal in My Giant Two. Um, uh, he- Dominic looks like he's about to post up a minute bowl. <laughs> um, Dominic looks like he is a four star recruit walk on. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks like he, he's, he's suiting up to play offensive tackle, uh, next, next fall, uh, for, for a major college. He he's looks a, like he beat out the kid from the blind side for first string. Yeah. He's, he's a very large individual, um, compared to Ray, compared to Ray. <laughs> but, but this the thing is that, I mean, he's got at least a foot on his dad. His dad's over five feet. So he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a well over six feet uh, tall. But the thing somebody is, saying he was five seven. I'm like, bro, what? He's taller than Lance Storm. <laughs> yeah, um, he's he's a he's a very he's he's. Well, I, 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 what I'm wondering is that is um is is Ray's wife like seven feet tall? She play college basketball because that's that's crazy that he's Dominic that looks like Ray married Linda Miles and had a kid with her. Tough enough season two winner, Linda Miles. Yeah. Seeing Ray and Dominic side by side compared to the 2005 picture, it looked like 
they switched the mask off between who was wearing it. <laughs> like Dominic put on. <laughs> It's true. That is what it looks like. It looks. It looks like they freaky Friday'd themselves from two thousand five. Yes. Ah oh, man. So <laughs> I'm like, my God, he is huge. Well, uh, it, it certainly doesn't 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 hurt uh, how big he looks when uh, Ray is like a full inch and a half taller than Kayla Braxton, who's backstage interviewing them. Like she's tiny. My God, uh, Ray introduces his son, and Dominic says that he's going to be ringside for when Ray faces Samoa Joe at WrestleMania in a U.S. title match. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. He calls Samoa Joe a bully. We'll see where it goes. I mean, I know one I thing. Mean, do- Go ahead. Samoa Joe certainly doesn't have a history of being really creepy with his opponents' families. So I think it's really good that that um, that Ray has decided to introduce uh, his son back into the uh, WWE universe here uh, for this particular match because there's no way that uh, Joe will possibly attack uh, Ray's adult giant son. It'll never right. happen. It'll never happen. He's so, the muscle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tweeted that. Dominic is to Ray as Braun is to Nicholas. This is true. That's a solid matchup right there. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to see that. Man. AJ Styles is backstage. Says that Randy Orton is good, but Orton is a first-round draft pick, and he is a walk-on that overperformed. Do you think that Orton and Dominic bonded? Because you know that Dominic got drafted like second overall by the Washington Bullets in like 1999. <laughs> I like the that thing. kid is huge. He he, he the one you the, he does look like a Euro stash player. <laughs> yeah, like somebody somebody drafted him in two thousand and nine when he was twelve, and they're like, he's got all kinds of potential, and you haven't seen film of him in years, and all of a sudden he shows up in training camp next year, and he's just dunking on everybody. He gets traded for the 56th overall pick (laughs) that is done to just create cap space. Yep. Uh, KO show. Kevin Owens has a halfway suit on, puts over his graphics. Nice little way to get him on the show. He brings out Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. He says that nobody wants to see them talk anymore, and they don't. He wants to see them fight. (laughs) It didn't take much instigation here. He just got them face-to-face. And Charlotte swung on him. What did you think of this brawl? He, well, I mean, I I, I, I want to give props to Kevin Owens because he's he's doing yeoman's work here. Uh, he doesn't have a clear path to anything meaningful uh, for WrestleMania, uh, but he's he's doing fantastic work. The the bright red tie uh, and the blazer and the t shirt, great look, loved it. He's got notes like he's really taking this seriously. He's quoting people from their Twitter beef. Uh, I, I love this where he's like. He gets them out and they're talking, they're face to face, and then he decides to step outside the ring onto the apron so he has an easy means of escape. This was all great. The brawl was was very good, uh, was very good too. But I think that uh, the way that KO set it up made it made it more memorable to me. So the brawl, it was it was brawl. It was good. Charlotte oh. Becky got to the next week. That's what's important. Yep. And despite Becky Lynch being the, the hottest character over the last seven, eight months, 
focal point hasn't been on her the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's the thing is that I, I it, fe- it it it's felt like for months that they just they've been overriding this whole Becky and Ronda feud. You know, not not, not the least by uh, sticking uh, Charlotte in it, but also like it, it felt like they could just have them, you know, yell at each other and beat up the people on their own show for a while, just cut swaths through people. That would be good. Uh, have them trade off. Who can make an opponent submit faster in their version of the armbar on Mondays and Tuesdays? You could do stuff like that where they're not actually in there together. But this feels like, um, oh crap! Um, everyone is too behind Becky. We gotta make sure she doesn't talk too much. Like it feels weird. Like just have her be this amazing thing that we all fell in love with over the past several months. As opposed to like, it feels like they're, they've got her sidelined in her own storyline. I want to root for winners, man. That's what I want. And I want to see Becky win. Yeah. Instead of backdooring her way in and then getting punched to DQ. I want to see her win. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Is that, that That's the thing I, I brought up on the Fastlane show. Um, Becky, Lee, Becky Lynch needs to have her own agency in getting herself back into the match that she never would have should have been removed from to begin with. Like having having I mean, even though I, I did like that she came out and said that it was the mind game she played with Rhonda that she knew Rhonda was gonna come out and cause the DQ getting her into the match. I mean, that was the best way you could possibly have handled that bad booking decision. But um, yeah, this whole thing with with the leg that she's had to play up. Even though you know that's not a real injury, but she's had to work with this leg injury for since the Rumble. So, like a lot of people are saying that Becky has lost steam. I don't think that she's lost steam. She's still getting crazy chants and yeah. good reactions. I think the storyline has yeah. lost some steam, well, and and that's something we've discussed for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. It's it, this the story. Uh, I think uh, since since November. Since Becky had to had to miss that Survivor Series match, I think that story has pretty much been able to write itself. But they said, no, no thanks, storyline. You don't get to write yourself. We're all going to write you. And everybody who has an idea, we're going to use all of them. And th- this storyline could have really benefited from some serious editing. Charles Haskins asks on the Super Chat, by the way, guys, if you send in a donation, you can ask a question during a Raw or SmackDown show. Are the Kofi and Becky storylines more important than Seth's? They seem to be his babies. Now, see, here's the thing. I think there's there's more of a groundswell and fan reaction. Does Vince see it as more important? I don't know. I think he probably sees Becky's as more important. But otherwise, I think that he, that personally, I think that Vince sees Brock Lesnar as usually the most important thing. Right. I think he recognizes well, we got Roman back. Let's put him into a match. But um, normally it's whatever Roman's doing is the most important thing. Right. That's not the case these days. Uh, Vince has fallen in love with Daniel Bryan, Mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, He's fallen in love with Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Ronda, quite frankly. And Brock, I think maybe he's not as in love with, but he knows how important Brock is or has been to him. I think if you were to rank them, Vince would see them as 
the women's match, the universal title match, and the WWE title match. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that they've got going on here with with the, with the way that these two set these two separate matches have kind of been the storyline's been a little overwritten, I think, and overbooked. But uh, I think that shows that that Vince does care. Because if he doesn't care, he just let things go. But like, no, no. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go out here and I'll say he's got to fight five guys. No, six guys. And then he'll lose. And then next week we'll do something else. Ah, I've got all these great ideas. I'm going to use them all. And like, he only does that when he when he's excited about something. He can't control himself. Okay, great. Also the same thing with, with Becky and Ronda. I think this thing with Seth and, and Brock, it does feel a little... Like they're not giving it the same kind of oomph I thought they were going to. And I think a lot of that is Roman being back kind of muddies the waters. Like we all expect Roman to just wind up with a universal title sooner than later. Does that mean that therefore Seth can't beat Brock? Because Roman's got to got to beat Brock, right? We've all kind of assumed that. So now it's this weird thing of like, how much do we want to push this universal championship match if we're not at all going to give the fans what they want with that particular thing, because it looks like they are going to give the fans what they want with the other two matches, maybe. So it's funny because I had mentioned this last year. We had discussed this about how, and we, we have recently too, about how money's in the bank for the the Fox deals and all that. So why not do things that please the crowd a little bit more? Yeah, and we we have seen that. This Kofi Kingston push is yes. a product of that. Yes, uh, and and this is the the Kofi Kingston thing is uh, is them catching lightning in a bottle, realizing how huge it is with the fans, and then deciding, you know what, let's run with it. Okay. Yeah. The problem is, is that once they said let's run with it, they used all the same crap that they do, where they overbook all these things and. Everybody's involved. Let's add more characters to the storyline and add more obstacles for our hero to get over all this kind of stuff instead of just letting it go the way it naturally would go. Um, I think that that what they needed to do and what they have done in certain ways is take risks. When you're playing with house money, you can afford to chase that flush in a game of Hold'em. You know what I mean? Like you can afford to do that because if you nail it, you got the nuts, you cash in, that's it you know, you run the table, but in this, but so, so many times you, you watch the WWE take all that money that they're getting from this contract and just play it safe. They, they fold on every hand unless they got pocket aces. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever want to feel like I've seen all the stories that can be told. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. WWE has a habit of making me feel like that, but there's a story told in the main event tonight and we got a question from Jack O'Neill. You think Kofi is still getting in the title match and how? We will answer that uh, towards the end of this. But gauntlet match, I was told that this this show was... Uh, well, I'll, I'll kind of expand on Select and the, the Fightful Report podcast and in the weekly, but man, th- there was a lot of stuff on this show that, quite frankly, they, they didn't have down. The order of it was completely different as of yesterday, but... Daniel Bryan comes out and cuts a great promo saying that I guess being a B plus player is good enough that it, it's good to hear that coming from Daniel Bryan, Alex. Yeah, this, this is fine. I, again, I really wish that the first time we had ever heard the idea of Daniel Bryan 
quoting what was told to him years ago. I do wish the first time we had heard it, it did come out of his mouth because I felt like it would have had a lot more impact. But I did like being able to see him actually say the words uh, this week. Um, this was all good. But I love the idea of, you know, B, being a B plus is good enough for most people, but it's not good enough for me. And that, and that, that, that makes, that makes sense. I like that a lot. Um, Daniel Bryan, you know, uh, <laughs> he makes sense. And the best heels make sense, even if you don't like what they're saying. Charles Haskins submitted a question saying, will any WrestleMania triple threat match top the WrestleMania 21? Which one could? I think the one that could have Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, all as major competitors yeah. where a series of events led to sort, sort of similar to WrestleMania 20. Two of them are feuding. The other one wins the Royal Rumble. The other one shows up and they and says, I win one in on this. This is the match that I want. But who knows if we'll ever get that now, which is wild to think. Uh, quite frankly, I think this year's could be outstanding from an emotional standpoint, from a reaction standpoint. In ring, boy, it's going to be real hard to tough those three fellas yeah. from back then. But um, from a, a crowd standpoint... I think that this one could approach it because also you, you got two and a half times as many people in the venue. Uh, any, any thoughts, Alex? No, I, I think you're right. They, they, they the, the Shield one could have been something really special if they had figured out a way of keeping all three guys red hot for several months leading up to whenever they announced the match. And um, I think that they they once they broke them up the first time, it was kind of they kind of misplayed a lot of what they were doing with with them individually and then bringing them back together maybe too early and all that stuff um i think that 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 there is a triple threat out there to be had uh it has to be among uh three uh people that that uh three guys three three girls for for lack of a better either way um but it should be people that that have gotten over and have stayed over at the will of the people now, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Braun guy, but like there was a point where Braun was was a guy who was so over and was we thought the next big thing. If you had stuck him in a triple threat match and actually, you know, in that kind of way, I'm not saying he's, he's nearly the same thing as it was in 21, but I'm saying like the the level of of the crowd being into this person on their own of their own accord, as opposed to being told these are the guys, this is who you're going to cheer for, this is who you're going to boo, like. Let it be organic and figure out a way of making that be your triple threat. But I don't know if that's ever going to be the case, at least not for a while. Well, let's talk about this main event. I'm glad New Day were banned from ringside because I said last week, why wouldn't New Day just walk in and like shove Kofi, smack him, get right. get the opponent DQ'd? That hit them being banned from ringside made sense of this. Also, it created a nice situation while throughout this match. More and more and more baby faces were watching along. I thought that was a real neat touch to see how more people were invested and how also it helped kill a little bit of time on the screen when they really needed it. Maybe more for Mike Kyoto being out there than Kofi Kingston. Because <laughs> Kyoto just had to ref an hour-long match. It's true. Mother of God. Yeah. That dude was sucking wind. Yeah. Jesus. Uh <laughs> Sheamus is up first. Kofi does this great, like, tope trust fall. Really nice. 
Cesaro gets involved, hits a cheap shot on Kofi with the European uppercut for two. We go back, we go to a commercial, the first one, and the crowd probably knows this is lasting an hour. Like they yeah. got a pretty good feeling. Yeah. And they're into it. They're ready. They're back from a commercial and they're chanting Kofi. Sheamus hits an Irish curse backbreaker and applies a clover leaf. I loved Kofi's reversal into a pin there. I thought that should have been what yeah. did it. Yeah, I agree. That was a really clever uh, maneuver there. I like that uh, a lot. Sheamus misses a brogue kick. Kofi pins him, but it's uh, kicked out of. Trouble in Paradise gets the pin. We knew Kofi wasn't losing this one, Alex. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the idea was always once they, once they decided, okay, here's your gauntlet match. You're going to face, you know, both members of the bar and in the the big old Redwood and Samoa Joe and Randy Orton and Optimus Prime and Godzilla. We already knew that no matter what they put in front of him, uh, as long as it was, you know, decided ahead of time that he was winning all those matches. Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk about the swerve when it comes, but but it, it became of how, you know, watching him and being able to root for him the whole way through. Uh, well, you, you mentioned all the baby faces watching in the back. Um, I, I, I did love the way it started. Uh, was was with New Day, was with Xavier and E watching, and then uh, one of the Usos holding the giant platter of pancakes and just housing them because he was so nervous. I thought that was great. And offering one to his brother who was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I thought that was that was very clever and really well done. And as they added more and more people, uh, I thought I thought it actually really worked. Dare I say that the Seamus Kofi matchup was the best in this gauntlet? Yeah, usually when you got when, when the gauntlet, the, the start the gauntlet, it usually is because they can afford to actually take the time and show that and and make that the longest, and then everything else kind of winds up with you know flash roll ups and stuff like that. I thought that they did great, man. I, I There were a lot of people within WWE that were telling me that they would be surprised if Sheamus made it much longer than this upcoming WrestleMania. He looked real good tonight. He did. And, and sometimes that's taken for granted. I mean, I know he had that League of Nations push that just sucked. <laughs> Stunk. But, man, he is real good. Sheamus is good, and uh, this this helped show it. Uh, there are huge Kofi chants after Sheamus is eliminated. Uh, New Day are joined by the Usos. Uh, when when I see this type of thing, those Kofi is a mid-carder at best takes, they did not age well because Kofi is in a main event slot and he is over. Now, a lot yeah. of people will say, oh, well, that's, a, that's an opinion. No, it is an objective fact now that Kofi Kingston is over as a main eventer. Yes. Yeah, no, you, you if if he's over... In in the arena, he's he's over. Like you, you, that, that's a pretty good cross section of of fandom. Well, Cesaro is up next. Gets a great tilt a whirl backbreaker off of a capture. That one was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he also applies a Cesaro swing, goes into a clover leaf. But Kofi ends up getting the SOS for the pin. This was another good one. Another one you knew Kofi was going to win, and. I know a lot of people will say, well, the people that get beat by Kofi look really weak. That wasn't on my mind at all. Like that no. was, that was so far removed from my mind. No. Cause that's the thing is that, I mean, I think that they did, they did the bar aren't even in the tag tag title picture at this point. Uh, they're, they're big bruisers and guys who have a lot of history. Um, and that makes sense why they're used here. Um, I feel like, like, Kofi and the whole Kofi Mania thing, it's a force of nature. Like, 
like you don't you don't you don't get angry at the house for getting torn down by the tornado. Like it just that's just it's there. It it that happens, you know? Like it, 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 it I, I don't I don't think of it in that way at all. The one person I see is the one where you have a guy who's 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 an actual champion on your brand sure. who has to take a loss. That's the one I'm like, okay, maybe. But other than that, I'm fine. We'll get to that one. Uh, but Rowan is up next. Rowan does not look weak because he got DQ'd. Rowan runs right through Kofi hard to the point where I was like, hey, brother, let's take it a little easy. Kofi mania is upon us. Yeah. Uh, Kofi eats the barricade next. Rowan takes a chair and cracks Kofi. I like this. It's smart in that it extends things. Rowan doesn't eat a loss. He He's kept strong as Daniel Bryan's muscle. Feel like this could have been Samoa Joe. Yes, I, I agree. I, I think that it's I like that it's Rowan though, because it makes sense that Brian would have said, Okay, when you go out there, you're gonna get DQ'd. Make him feel it. Yes. Like 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 take take him down, make sure he can't possibly last after after you get DQ'd. That makes sense, as opposed to Brian going to Samoa Joe and saying, Hey Joe, I need you to do this thing <laughs> for me. Like I don't I feel like that wouldn't be a wouldn't be a more believable plot point well the way that i if i were to have booked it i would have had joe come out there throw brian outside hit him with a chair and walk off like yeah. he didn't care because okay. that's, that's because well, that's, that's samoa joe why am i here yeah See, i'm not getting a win bonus for this <laughs> i i wish you had more heels like that of like 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 the boss tells you you're gonna go out there and you're gonna fight this match why i'm not in a feud with this guy i'm not yeah, I'll do it because it's because you know you're my boss, but I'm not happy about it. So yeah, the the have him have him walk out there with a chair in hand. He never even takes off the towel; just swings the chair once, crack, and walks off because he, he's done. He's he's not yeah. part. And, and have that have that be a thing where like, listen, man, I don't do I I do whatever Samoa Joe wants to do, not what you want to do. I think that that could be a cool little layer to the Samoa Joe character. Rowan beats the brakes off of Kofi, recycle plant through the table. Mustafa Ali, Heavy Machinery, and others watch along backstage. Had a couple of people that said, oh, I feel bad for Mustafa Ali, though. I, I can't tell you this enough times. This was not meant for Mustafa Ali. <laughs> this was not the push no. he was to get. No. Also, are all these baby faces banned from ringside? If so, If not, they're dicks. Why aren't they helping him? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, because that would get, that would get Kofi DQ'd. I don't know. It's a really dumb mm-hmm. thing. Like, I mean, like it. It's I mean, not weird... not not beating up Rowan after. I know. And that's the whole thing is that they it wouldn't. I mean, I what I ex- I expected to see Mustafa Ali run down that ramp and do a flip over the you know over the ring ropes or something because Ali's got beef with Rowan. You know sure, what I mean? and, he, and he's that also made sense. and he's also been tweeting about how much he's supporting Kofi. That makes sense, but nope. Samoa Joe is out next. Now, this just should have been somebody else. Yes, it should have been from the very beginning. It should have been somebody else, but they don't have. I mean, like it could have been Rusev or Nakamura. Those guys, been one like, of them. Yeah, yeah, easily could have been one of them. You know, but it, it could. It should. Here's what it should have been. It should have been Rusev because Rusev can get pissed that he got rolled up. And he can put uh, Kofi in the uh, in the accolade. Does have him hold him in the accolade for a while? Doesn't have to put him to sleep. They've already Cesaro and Sheamus has already been working on the lower back. 
Like it's a perfect thing for him to do. And it doesn't have, you don't have to have your U S champ suffer a pinfall. You also have Andrade there that I don't think this fits for him. Rusev has been beaten so many times. This won't affect him next week. Right. And uh, I just, I just think that would have worked a lot, a lot better. Joe slows things down, turns Kofi inside out with a huge clothesline. Uh, There was a tease of a muscle buster like that. Uh, But, Kofi ends up rolling up Samoa Joe and getting the pin. Joe is livid and chokes out Kofi. And the baby faces are watching. Also livid. Also not helping him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I loved that the quote unquote last person was Randy Orton. Yeah. It was poetic, Alex. That was good storytelling. Sure. And I'll tell you what even better storytelling was. Randy Orton, who is, quite frankly, breaks the rule of talking to the crowd more than anybody. And thank Mm -hmm. God he does, because it's really entertaining. He holds Kofi's face, and he goes, I told you, he's stupid. And I was like, (laughs) ooh. Ooh, let me just. uh, (laughs) My God, that was good. That's what we call coming full circle. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Randy Orton ends up getting beaten after some methodical work. Uh, a Trouble in Paradise gets hit, but he rolls out of the ring. Then later on, Randy Orton gets rolled up, and Kofi Kingston wins. And it looks like he is headed to WrestleMania, Alex, but he's not. No, no, he's not. Here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I noticed this and had the had the thought. Uh, but was not near uh, a device to to tweet the thought. When Ra- when Randy came out with like twenty minutes left in 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 the ep- in the episode, I was like, they were light uh, on the match. By the way, they were light- going into then right, but it, but it was like, oh, there's no way this is taking twenty minutes. Oh no, he's gonna beat Randy, and then Vince is gonna screw with him. What's he gonna do? And it, and I like it's the idea. Like I I feel like when when Randy won, there was like what six minutes left in the hour or something like that. Seven minutes left in the hour, and this is it's the same feeling when 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 you score to go up two points on Tom Brady and you leave left him fifty seven seconds on the clock. It's too much time. It's too much time. He's gonna get down there for a field goal. You just know it. Well, listen, listen, listen. I, I know that feeling. When you're trying to get downfield and score big. Yes. But you don't have time. Not the time. You don't have the time. And you want to create time. Yes. You want you want to create all the time in the world. You want to go all night. Yes. You want to score, Alex. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, and you love the feeling when you score. Yes. But just the, the deck is stacked against you and you're running the gauntlet and you're... But it just doesn't get anywhere, Alex. Fortunately, Blue Chew can help you out. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Fourth and long? How about fourth and longer, and you're still going to score? Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. 
They're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you get Blue Chew for free. Free? Free. Use the code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. And how about this? You go hit them up at Get Blue Chew on Twitter. You tell them I sent you. You say, damn it. You know what? I haven't tried your product yet. (laughs) Yet. But Sean Rossap, Alex Pelaski, and Fightful.com told us about you. I'd appreciate it. Remember, if you want your plugs on a WrestleMania weekend show, hit me up. Vince McMahon congratulates Kofi Kingston, but says he's going to have to beat Daniel Bryan in order to go to WrestleMania. Alex, he doesn't do it. Bryan scores knees, the no kicks, a belly-to-back suplex, a label lock. Kofi lands almost on his neck during an SOS. That was yeah, scary. That was. This is what happens when you're like, hey, go an hour. Yeah. You know, like if, if you don't have the exact right timing because you're a little tired, something like that could happen. Brian pins Kofi after a flying knee. Let's go ahead and get into some of these questions. Astros J5 says, I think Kofi wins, Becky wins, and Brock wins because uh, at the next pay per view in Saudi Arabia in three weeks, Brian won't go. Yeah. The Prince loves Brock, and Becky is over there, according to an interview. Well, what we'll. we'll talk in the coming weeks about who was going to be over there. But yeah, Brian ain't going over there. No. I don't know if that means that Kofi will go, but uh, I think that's, I think the the Daniel Bryan not going is a solid theory, Alex. No, it, it is a solid theory. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's correct. Um, I, 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 I would like for Kofi to say, I'm also not going. I'd like for mm-hmm. most of the roster to say, you know what? We're done going over there. Cause, cause yeah, just look at some news reports. Um, yeah, you know, like it's just. I mean, I, 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 I get it. Money is nice. It's wonder. Money is great. It's less great when it's stained with blood. I don't like that kind of money. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I agree. Uh, I think. I think that th- those those three that makes sense to me. Charles Haskins says, "Am I wrong for enjoying the Del Rio and Sheamus initial push?" They felt legit to me based on their awesome mic skills and talent. I like the original Alberto Del Rio push. I did not like the original Seamus push. When he pushed Cena off the the, the top rope through the table, a, a room full of, huh? Mm-hmm. Was that supposed to happen type of thing yeah. unfolded? League of Nations, I think, could have been real good. Yeah. But it sure wasn't. Uh, it, sure, it sure as hell was not. It was bad, man. <laughs> That was when I had first started to do video podcasts, and I was on there with Vince Russo. Imagine him, as much as he tears apart the modern product. I would come on on the broadcast. Sean Rossap, bro, what are we doing here? What are we? What are we fucking covering? What? What is this? Uh, the Shamus, uh, the the, the, the- Hio. I don't know him. <laughs> the absolute highlight of the entirety of uh, the existence of the uh, League of Nations, um, or whatever they were calling themselves, uh, is um, is Rusev uh, putting somebody through a table uh, and then taking one of those monitors and like walking to the back with it and then calling himself later the, the television champion, the TV cha- TV champion. Like, I was like, I wanted that to be his gimmick. I wanted him to walk down to the ring with a big TV monitor on a belt to call himself the TV champion. 
JD King WDB says, I think they're going to do an Occupy SmackDown for Kofi. I don't think they should because it would draw too many. Well, man, it would almost be poetic if people did it oh, for, yeah, no, no. to face Daniel Bryan. So that, that's why I think they are going to do it. Yeah. Because, because if they're going to do like a poetic thing, they're going to hit. It's poetry written via sledgehammer. And I mm. understand it, but it, I don't think that they. Listen, as soon as Kofi lost tonight, my thought was, well, how is he going to get reintroduced into the match? This is the same thing that they would with Becky, where Becky won the Royal Rumble, has every right to be in this match, and they suspended her past WrestleMania, but then they lifted the suspension, but now she can't just get back into the match. She's got to fight her way back in the match. Everything has to be all of these things that are obstacles to get in the way of our hero. And it's weird that they're doing it with a with a female competitor on the same show as Kofi, and it's the exact basic same story of, of him having to do all these things, jump through all of these hoops that are on fire in order to get this match that we all know he's going to wind up getting. So we've pretty much covered SmackDown tonight. Uh, I can't wait for this match at WrestleMania, but uh, Charles Haskins on fire with the super chats and the questions. But here's what I didn't expect tonight, Alex. Oh, good. Thoughts on Starcade finish between Hogan and Sting? It sucked. <laughs> it was the worst. It was, it was garbage. And this oh, is, it's one God. of the reasons. You know what? It's not often somebody gives me an excuse to talk about how trash of a referee Nick Patrick is. Oh, I get to about once every two or three months with Zach Schimmel or uh, Warren Hayes or or uh, or somebody like that uh, in John Baez in our retro reviews. But Nick Patrick was the dirt wars referee. And I know he's got a lot of buddies. He's got a couple buddies that watch this show and they'll say, man, out of line for that. Oh, I liked him. I liked working with him. He was so bad. He would lay flat on his back and go. Oh. He would physically take his <laughs> fingers, slide them under a person's shoulders. Yes. Now, I know that's how some people check to see if the shoulder's down. Or you could use your eyes. <laughs> that works, too. This man screwed up yeah, WCW's badly. biggest moment in history. Ever. ever. Biggest moment ever. They, they had staying in the damn rafters for a year before they did anything else. And it was all building to this moment, which, let, let's be honest, the finish as written was also kind of overbooked. And he didn't yes. need it anyway. Just have Sting beat Hogan. But you couldn't do that because it's Hogan. So that's the problem. Is that, I mean, like, the whole, it was it was brilliant, long-term storytelling. Everybody was waiting for it. Sting versus Hogan. Everyone knows it's going to be Sting because we're all rooting for the good guy. And then, whoopsie-daisy, all these things go wrong. And now it's like, well, I don't even know who who actually won. I remember... Gosh, I feel like Ross Foreman, who is Impact Wrestling's PR guy now, mm. I feel like it was him, I could be wrong, wrote an article, it may have been somebody else, in WCW Magazine where they called it out. They were like, that wasn't a fast count. The count took 3.2 seconds. <laughs> and hey, one of the reasons you don't lay on your back and <laughs> when you swing your arm around, a lot of yeah. times it's so you can stay on a cadence. Yeah, man, this was bad. And I know Bischoff did, did his podcast and he was like, man, Sting showed up out of shape and and not tan. That's something you check on 
before. Yeah. You make sure the guy is in shape. Woof. 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 I need to cover that pay-per-view. <laughs> Retro reviews every month, Fightful Select. Please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, the most direct way to support us. But we got Jack O'Neill sending a super chat right now. I am loving all the love you guys are showing us yes, for that. You. That that means a lot. Um, Finn Balor done as a top guy. Is he popular with Vince? He is popular with Vince and that Vince knows that at any given time, Finn can be over. I'll say this. From what I've heard, Vince has confidence in Finn. Is he done as a top guy? No, I think he will still get some title matches in in that in that way. He'll get he'll get a pay per view main event or two. I don't think he will be the guy. I'm talking overall. Will he be a WWE champion or a Universal champion? Quite possibly. If he moves to SmackDown, he stands a way better chance. Way better. Yeah, that that he's one of those guys. I feel like needs that 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 switch over because like. Uh, I think that he's ready made for for feuds with people uh, that are currently on SmackDown and also anybody that, you know, how they realign it. But one of the all-time greatest what-ifs for me is what if Finn doesn't get hurt that night yeah. he wins that title. Because, because they decided we're going to make this kid, this very small person who Vince doesn't usually go for, our very first Universal Champion. We're doing that. That would that is our idea, and then he gets hurt. And I don't know what they were they go where they were going with that, but they obviously saw something in him to make him that top guy at that time. And I honestly, I, I've always wanted to know where they were willing to, willing to go with it. Another super chat from JD King WWE says it is more of a statement. Mister Perfect should have won the WWF Championship. He should have. I agree. And his son should have never won the Intercontinental Championship. That is also true. <laughs> when do you think probably would have been the best time for Mr. Perfect? Oh man, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, I I I don't remember exactly when all of his best opportunities would have been. Listen, the guy spit gum out of his mouth and then knocked it. I've tried that a hundred times, and I can't ever make connection with the gum. Take some coordination, it man. Does there was that also that time that he threw a seventy-yard pass to himself? I mean, that's that. Nobody else could do that in the NFL. I loved when Charlie Haas was doing the mock-ups and he did like the he recreated that. Yeah. That was really good. I'm looking back at the at the history of Mr. Perfect and uh what title matches that that he got and I'm trying to to pinpoint like when when would have been a good time. I mean, you could have maybe had it definitely after some of the 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 original Hogan runs that Yeah. That and you could have fit one in in the early 90s, I think. But it was such a baby-faced territory at that point. It really, really was. Yeah. And it's like you can't, you couldn't go – you couldn't put the title on him over, like, Sergeant Slaughter because that no. was the – they were doing the Iraqi sympathizer thing. Yeah. But as I look, he had matches in 1990 with the Ultimate Warrior for the title. You know, I'll advocate anybody beating the Ultimate Warrior on a Me house show. Too. Yeah, just do it. Sign me up for that. He, gosh, in 1990 uh, or 89 and 90 alone, he had over 42 live event house show title matches. Man, unbelievable. Yeah, he should have been champion, at least for, for a little bit. Uh, 92, uh, after the, the Flair thing could have been good. Uh, they could have 
built something natural there, but yeah, we're going to have a lot of great shows for you this week. As I mentioned over on Fightful Select Q&A show, the Fightful Report show, the Weekender podcast. We have NXT 205 Live UK show. We have uh, the Division podcast on Fightful.com this weekend. Kristen Ashley, Scarlett Harris, some great stuff. Scarlett Harris actually talked to Becky Lynch this week. But um, Jimmy Van, myself are back for listing your boy. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Showdown Joe, James Lynch over on the Boxing and MMA channel did a, an MMA podcast today. But Alex, what do you got going on this week? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, trying to uh, to get my my daughter to stop climbing things. That is, that is a that is a twenty four hour a day job. Hey, I mean, <laughs> at least she's active. Yes, that's true. That's true. It forces me to be active as well. Follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Do me a favor, guys. Uh, there are a lot of ways that you can help us. Maybe you, you can't subscribe to Select or you just don't want to. You can leave us a nice iTunes review. What that does is it really uh, enhances our visibility there. A lot of our viewers come from YouTube and we don't get that extra bump on iTunes. Also, uh, we have a Facebook page. You can head over and like that. It is at Fightful Online. We have an Instagram. We don't push that a whole lot, but that's over at Fightful Online. Of course, all of our handles uh, there are ways that you guys can help us without donating monetarily. And I want to tell you guys, I appreciate all of you. Our WrestleMania week is going to be insane. Nobody will have the level of coverage that we have. Nobody. And uh, my staff is very good. I mean, Alex does these shows. He's got a kid at home. I do. Andrew, Andrew does these news stories. Man, he's taking eight classes right now. Eight. Jeremy Lambert uh, came in. He had no sleep this weekend. Joe Holbert covering Raw. The man is in the UK. It was like 3 a.m. <laughs> David Tease, uh, he, he cares for his family as well. Uh, Carlos Toro works through power outages in Puerto Rico. I mean, our social media manager uh, is a guy who uh, has, quite frankly, has cerebral palsy and busts his ass doing great stuff for our social media. Our guys go above and beyond to give you great coverage. So I want to thank you guys for also supporting us. Maybe when other sites don't do things the right way, uh, you guys sticking up for us, the new guys on the block. It means a lot that you all do that. Thank you all so much. Hit us with a thumbs up. Flightful subscribe. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.